0: What story do people tell when they see you? What story do you tell when you see people? There's a lot of that happening now, huh? People create stories when they see us. Air quotes around us. And it creates a narrative that you can either confirm or disrupt. In his book, Ordinary Heroes, Scott Turow says, who are we? But the stories we tell ourselves about ourselves And believe Which story affects you the most The story you tell Or the story others tell That you have to agree with Or fight against Let's talk about it today
1: We talking about leadership communication Public speaking, storytelling motivation And if you listen You can speak out to the
2: nation If you think about it, life is your own creation RK3 is the show
1: He speaks with confidence He speaks with that flow and you should already know how
0: it goes. They're rolling with a pro. The RK3 Show. It's the RK3 Show. I'm Robert Kennedy the 3rd RK3. That's me. Here we go with episode 63. I don't know if you've been paying attention to our United States, but wow. Marches, protests, riots, looting. If you've ever paid attention to storytelling, you know that stories consist of settings, characters, conflicts, and resolutions and it feels like we've been stuck in conflict for a very long time wow when when do we get past conflict when do we get through the part that's broken when does the superhero show up and rescue the oppressed from the injustice and the danger that's the question that so many have been asking for a very long time how long do you fight before the war ends Before someone says, okay, we give up and we don't want to do this hate thing anymore. Before someone shows up and says, okay, everyone, knock it off. We found a better way. How long do you fight? Listen, this show is not about news and racial injustice typically, but I really want to encourage the show listeners to begin thinking about how you can be a part of the solution. So what is that solution? Ultimately, the solution is the dismantling of the system we have come to embrace as normal. It's going to call for rejection of the system by those who most benefit from the system. We can definitely come together, but coming together means even more than marching together. It means even more than holding hands together. It means ridding ourselves of the viruses and toxic belief systems that cause us to feel even implicitly afraid of one another and like we need to have power over one another in any small way. So I'm willing to do the work, <laughs> and, and it's gonna take work. It's gonna take intentional and internal work, and I'm willing to do that work with you. Begin by asking yourself yourself, Is there anywhere, even in the subtleties of my language, where I have placed someone in a box they didn't deserve to be in? Ask, have I ever sought to make myself look good or contribute to my own comfort or power structure by agreeing to societal norms or names which create negative labels? It's time to begin questioning you. It's time for me to begin questioning me and then committing to rejecting the parts of our society and our systems which don't serve the ideals we say we want. Even if it means being uncomfortable or becoming uncomfortable to the point of our very own identity. Recently, I asked some of my listeners to share with me some of their current thoughts by leaving a voicemail at robertkennedy3.com forward slash voicemail. Robert Kennedy3, the number 3.com forward slash voicemail. Today's message comes from listener Jill Goldman. Here's what Jill had to say
2: Hi, Robert. What a great idea you had to have people um, provide in- input today in this really awful week that's been happening. Um, I just. Like you, it's very unsettling and yeah, it's just horrible, horrible. Um, I had just released a song and a video about the time that we're living in with the pandemic and it ends with peace now, love now, health now, music now. And I edited down the video to just that last portion, which is like a mantra. You can find it on YouTube if you look for it. Anyway, I was thinking of re-editing and re-recording it so that it says peace now, love now, safety now, justice now, which might be appropriate. Anyway, I hope you're well. I'm very sorry for what's going on. And I hope to be part of a solution, part of the solution that maybe I'm I'm just trying to put peace and love out into the world. That's my best. (sighs) that I can do and I'm trying to help by doing things locally to help. Anyway, sending you peace, love, health, safety, justice, music.
0: Wow. Thank you, Jill. I felt your heart and I want to encourage you to share that heart with as many as you can. For you, the rest of my listeners, I'd love to play your message on an upcoming podcast. Here's a question that you can answer for me. What is something you were led to believe as a child, that you found out later wasn't true? What is something you would let you were led to believe as a child, that you found out later? wasn't true go to robert kennedy 3.com forward slash voicemail to leave me a message with your answer and i'll play some of them on an upcoming episode again go to robert kennedy 3.com forward slash voicemail to leave me a message with your answer and i will play them on an upcoming episode now today's guest is jay halim washington he's an author nationally published, award-winning corporate and commercial photographer. Halim was born and raised in Newark, New Jersey, where his interest for being an entrepreneur was birthed. And within with 20 years of experience as an entrepreneur, his company, I Won't Starve LLC provides education and training focused on entrepreneurship and career development. Let's talk to Halim. I want to go back in your story just a little bit. I know when we talked a little bit earlier, you talked about some challenges with your, your, your history or your past and, and jobs and those types of things. Tell tell mm-hmm. us a little bit about one of those greatest challenges that you've had and, and how you're using that to thrive now.
1: Well, for me, you know, I grew up in North New Jersey, as you said, in my bio, and um, I grew up in a household with six or seven um, crack addicts. Wow. And so, um, pretty much every adult, except for my grandmother, was on, strung out on drugs. So all I had at my disposal was to see that, and you see the people who pushing it to them. So wow. of course we try to do it a little bit better in every generation. So I figured I'll do that. You know, I'll do the pusher thing, not be the user. Mm. And so that carried all the way up into you know college. I stayed in high school because I played basketball, but I was always going to school during the day, hustling, acting afterwards. And that kind of trickled into going to college and um, I became a felon at 19. Wow. And so even though I was able to finish college and with decent grades and everything like that, I could not get the proper job that my degree warranted. So because of that same skill set, I used it for something positive, you know, um, and started my own business and been going on and off ever since since, um, since that time.
0: Wow. Wow. So let's let's talk about that business a little bit. I mean, when we've spoken before, you, you said that you were you're a speaker and, and a lot of the people that mm-hmm. come on the show are speakers themselves. But one of your your primary business really is behind the lens. And you've had clients like Save the Children, the National Guard, WNBA star Azra Wilson. How, mm-hmm. how do you how, how have you gotten in front of clients like that? in spite of the history that has kept you maybe, pun intended, shackled in some way (laughs) in in the job market?
1: Well, you know, God is good, man, because it's so funny. Once I started doing my own thing, no one ever background checked me then. You know, every time I went to work for somebody else, I got background checked. But when I started doing my own thing, you know, um, I never got background checks. Nobody ever treated me in such a manner They just looked at my skill set. And I was able to do what I needed to do from my skill set. So it, it was just a crazy thing. You know, I picked up the camera back in 2008 when my daughter was born and I started a blog and I was able to interview people like Ice Q, Tony Rock, um, Diddy Simmons, wow. Raheem Devine, ASAP Rock, some of everybody, you know, and I did, all, did that. The economy hit us bad. We had to move back to South Carolina um, you know, to make it a little bit better. We were living in the D.C. area at that time. And all I had was my camera. So I said, "I right, well, I'm going to take the photography business out. But I already had so much business knowledge. I didn't go the same route. I didn't say I want to just shoot weddings. I'm just going to shoot this. I wanted the corporate route because right. I've had pr- previous businesses where I've done corporate work and government work. So I took the same approach with my photography business. And I was able to kind of leapfrog everybody else because I wasn't in there chasing everybody
0: else. Wow. So how did you know, man? I mean, with with a background that suggests that there are many obstacles in your Mm -hmm. way, how did you know that you could even approach Ice Cube? How did you know that you could approach Tony Rock and and people who are seemingly another level above celebrities where you you don't necessarily have the same access to them as you do your your friends around the corner?
1: Well, what happened with that was, you know, I've been in business. I started my first business at 19. You yeah. know, I was in the street, so we had a little bit of money. So a friend of mine and I, we partnered with his aunt to open up a club in Columbia, South Carolina. Wow. Then we opened up a restaurant. And that kind of tanked after that, you know, on restaurant business is kind of crazy. But that was great experience for me. And so again, I, I was a felon. And when I graduated on um, college, I tried to get the jobs. I mean, it wasn't like you know they was turning but not calling me back. I got called in and hired. Once my background came back, they let me go. This all happened like three times in, in 30, 45 days after we graduated college. Wow. So I just said, you know what? I'm just going to start, start another business. And I started a commercial cleaning business. And I did very, very well with that business. Um, I moved up to, to Maryland with that partner with my wife's um, pastor on a million-dollar contract um, with a huge mega church. We did that. He was able to sell the company. I went on and did my, I had a successful business of my own. Um, far as the commercial cleaning, right. when the economy went bad, my wife lost her job. Uh, she worked for the democratic leadership council on, um, on Capitol Hill. And, um, it's so funny that we're in a space where, on um, election time, Joe Biden's chief of staff was her boss. And when he took the job there, he let everybody go with no severance and nothing like 30, like less than 30 days notice that no, you guys are not going to have a job. So um, because I did build up a successful business, I was able to sell it and we were able to move back down here uh, comfortably and start all over. But again, I'm a felon. So now we all starting from scratch. She made tons of money in D.C. They don't pay the same as they pay in, um, in South Carolina. Wow. <laughs> so that was rough. And me coming back to the place where I became a felon, that was rough. You know, so I still had a camera. I had an expensive camera. So I had to do what I had to do with that, but I had already had so much success business wise. I said, I can't do this. If I'm going to do it, I'm not going to do it that way. And, you know, I had already worked with ice cube and them. Cause I had already worked with publicists and they, I, I was connected with downtown locker room. Um, if you familiar with that, with this, with the store, I used to do a lot of their, um, album release signings, you know, mm-hmm. so I was connected with them. You know, I was connected, connected with some um, local spots in DC, like bar one or bar seven. Um, couple other spots down there so i was already connected with those individuals and i used to throw events as well back home in north when i lived in dc and i was in the music industry as well so i did very very well business wise it's just the economy kind of set us in set us back and coming back to south carolina you don't have those those things at your disposal celebrities not coming through here every week like they did dc (laughs) you know so i didn't have access
0: Wow. So, I mean, I want to put a pin there in just a second. Mm -hmm. I want to come back to this. But but what I really want to highlight here is that the whole concept of don't judge a book by its cover. I mean, if somebody hears you talk about being a felon they hear you talking about your history with with access to to crack and and your family and then in the next breath you're talking about being married to someone who was with the democratic <laughs> convention and and so all of these different things it's to the average person that story may not even make sense in, yeah. <laughs> in, in the way that you would just hear it unless they were to mm-hmm. really know you and, and, and hear your story from the yeah. beginning to the end, right? So let, let's talk a little bit. I want to continue on the, on the vein of storytelling, but yeah. I want to focus in on, on your camera a little mm-hmm. bit. So you, you went back into something that you knew really well, and you, you, you don't just point at people and take pictures. You help people tell stories mm-hmm. through, through your lens. Tell me a little bit about how you, how you bring that out with each client.
1: Oh, man. You know, again, I, I look at it as a business first and then as an art. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I understand from a business perspective what someone needs to, 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 to demonstrate. Because, again, I, I'm in front of the camera. I've, all the pictures you might see of me are professionally done not right. by me. I pay somebody else to do it. And I want, I'm telling them what I want them to know. The thing, the difference between me, I am an entrepreneur. So when I get a chance to work with other entrepreneurs, a lot of photographers are just artists, right? I'm an entrepreneur as well as a gifted photographer. So I know what you, you're trying. I can actually, I actually coach, I'm actually a business, business coach. Mm-hmm. So I can tell you, okay, we need to tell this story and I can go ahead and put it there. You know, technically, again, uh, you know, I, I'm self-trained, but I, I, put in, I put in the hours. I put in the time. You know, I have my pseudo-mentors, some of the best photographers in the world, like Peter Hurley. I've actually worked with um, a Sue Bryce. If you look at her, she's a gifted posing. we working with women. She ch- trains all over, all over the world about posing with women. Lindsay Adler, she's out of New York. I've worked with her. I've actually been in a couple of her trainings. She's like the best lighting photographer out You know, another pseudo mentor of mine, Jason Lanier, he's the best at working with landscape and putting people in landscape. And, you know, I I studied studied the craft, man. And um, and just using the fact that I'm an entrepreneur, I had a leg up. I see a lot of people, they're just artists. They just think about how it looks, not telling the story, you know? And I, I wasn't on that.
0: Communication, motivation, leadership, and more. You're listening to the RK3 Show. Have you ever wondered why some people are able to be remembered so easily? Have you ever thought about why they are associated with certain experiences? Well, it's because they repeat those experiences regularly. They have what is called a signature story. And guess what? You have one too. You might not know how to find it or tell it yet, but you have one. Here's what I want you to do. Sign up for my free five-day email course and learn how to discover your signature story so that you can tell it, create impact, improve your influence, and even enhance your brand. Sign up for the five-day signature story email course. Check the show notes for the link. And now, back to the show. I I love what you're saying right now about the, the depth of study that that you've gone through and a lot of times people think oh you've got to go to an educational institution you've got to go to a <laughs> building you've got to you've got to have a professor and what you're saying to us is not that you the education isn't important but if you've got a desire you've got to be willing to invest the time into researching the resources researching the greats and and yeah. the the superstars in some ways in that those who have put in the work themselves and if you study those that that's really going to help you create progress in your own in your own story as well
1: the funny thing about my camera man when i got back to south carolina i actually sold my camera
0: wow you know
1: i was i was literally my wife told me she was pregnant with my son and we didn't have any money um it was just a bunch of things that went on within like a three or four month period that just money was going in everywhere and it wasn't coming in, so everything was going out. Mm-hmm. And I said, "Let me sell this camera. It's this a two thousand dollar camera." Well, at that time, it was worth two thousand dollars, but it was more than that when I bought it. And I sold it to my pastor at my church, and he gave it back to me two weeks later. Oh my! Wow. And didn't want any money back. So when he did that, that's what made me take it seriously. And I went full speed ahead with the camera and I never looked back, you know, I did everything I could to be the greatest I can be with the camera at that point.
0: Wow. Wow. So one thing that you just mentioned that I think is really key for a lot of people is you said that you're a photographer, but you don't take your own shots you don't take. You don't set a timer and set up yourself uh, on that. So I want to dig into that because there are a lot of people who are speakers. There are a lot of people who are business owners, and I myself at one point was a web developer. But I don't. I don't develop my own sites now. So what, what is the reason that you don't do your own shots? Because again,
1: that's you can't replace that person behind the camera with that eye. In that direction, you know, um, we are, we got to, you know, as a photographer, you're great with the, with the art, but you're also a psychiatrist too, you right. know, so you, you got to think about it. You bring a, a female and sometimes the most beautiful woman can walk into my studio and it, she don't feel that way about herself.
0: Mm, so
1: wow. I got to bring that out of her as well as, you know, be able to do what I'm able to do with the camera from a technical standpoint. And so for me, we're always rushing ourselves. Okay. Put it on there. You're not going to tell me. I'm not going to keep snapping 10 times if I'm doing it for me. But if this person, they're going to get as many shots they need. They're going to tell me to do something. They're going to come to it and bring their own artistic flair to it. You mm-hmm. know, so I need that. More importantly, as an entrepreneur, I know the value of investing in myself. You know, you get what you pay for. And mm-hmm. with this social media world right now, a lot of people think everything is free. Yeah, and so I I know that somebody has to, you know, we have to keep the the ecosystem working. So I want to invest in someone, just like I want someone else to invest in me. You know, so
0: I love that. I love that. So tell me this: uh, we're we're talking about storytelling with a lens, and Mm -hmm. as a photographer, you're able to tell a story. But let's say that I am developing my business and. Mm I know that there's a story that I want to tell. What is the thing that I can do in order to help a photographer who doesn't know me as well, understand the story that I, that I want to tell? Well, first
1: thing, I'm, I'll tell you, um, if I've never met you and we just talking on, on email or something like that, I'll tell them, to send me pictures, or I'll check your Facebook page and see, her, see who you are and how you look. Mm-hmm. Why is that? Because I have people send me, you know, the cliche, send me pictures of Beyonce. And they say, this is what I want. <laughs> and, and that's not you. You know, so yeah. I, I, at the end of the day, you got to be authentic to who you are. And then we'll work on your business because a lot of times people buy you before they buy your product wow. or your service. And so we're going to make sure you stand, stand out first and then we'll tell a story. So, you know, if you're selling, um, if, if I want to know about you. So if you're an individual that go to the gym every day, I want to incorporate that. And you selling your drink, you know, not right. just putting a drink out there. I can take a nice picture of the drink and I can get it all dolled up and do the artsy piece. But it looks better with you, with your gym gear. We're probably going to go to the gym and really bring it out and tell that story.
0: You know, wow. that type of thing. Wow. Awesome, man. So tell us a little bit uh, as we wrap here about your, your, com- your organization, I Won't Starve mm-hmm. LLC. Tell us about your core message with that
1: i won't starve is my mantra um that i use because again um i i had to take an eight dollar an hour job um when we were going through that process while i was building up my photography business but a year later i left the job and everybody knowing that i had this background it was like were well, you just getting on your feet why would you leave your job and i told them i wouldn't starve, mm. you know um and then over the course of that time I created my you know i have a a, a saying where the platform you leap from is more important than the platform you land on, and so wow. my goal was to create a platform that I never had to go back to the eight dollar an hour job never had to go back to any of those situations so over the last seven eight years i'm not I'm a photographer, but I became a speaker, a corporate trainer, and a small business coach as well and and most recently an author you know so with those situations at my play for me. I never had to go back to work for $8 again. So I created the platform where you can drop me anywhere and I can still, you know, provide for my family successfully.
0: Wow. So let's, let's start, cycle back really quickly here, back to the story of you, you, you being in a drug environment and then mm-hmm. being able to make it through. What is the core, the, the, the advice that you would have for someone who is struggling with that greatness mindset? And trying to get out and doesn't know how to make it through well
1: what i always tell people you know is that you got to transform your mind mm-hmm. because at first you have to get your mind right to be able to receive information the right information so for me i was always i always had a a huge imagination so no matter what i was in again i was i was big enough to see that just because my family was using drugs i can go ahead and sell them but as I met other individuals that were doing things legitimately and still driving the same cars that these other guys were doing, I was open to seeing what that was like. Mm-hmm. And then I started doing that as well. And then find a way to get inspired, you know, find something that inspires you. So for me, I was, I was totally thrown about business. I always love businesses that you can be around people and have fun. So that's restaurant, car dealerships, clothing stores, stuff like that. All the things that I've dibbled and dabbled in over the years it was just something I was inspired about, you right. know. And then, you know, after, after that, I just got exposure. So when I left, South, when left New Jersey, I came to South Carolina, whole nother world, you know, and that's what helped me. Yes, I still got caught up here, but I was still young. I was going to tail into that. And I've done so much good that I was able to still stay home and I had to go away for a long time and still be able to make my life what it needed to be through the exposure. I saw something else. And then that, that young lady we talked about, my wife, she we met at 19 as well. So she came from a whole another background. Right. So I actually saw something different than, you know, another life that I wanted. So that that kept me, you know, you got to have something to pull you through the situation, not pull you to it or pull you through it. And that was um, one of the things that helped me.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Find something that inspires you and find something that allows your your world to expand a bit. Excellent. Excellent, man. So where can people find out more about you, get connected with you online?
1: Everything on my social media is I am Jay Halim. uh, That's on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Um, Jay Halim uh, Washington on uh, LinkedIn, www.jayhalim.com. Um, yeah, so all of those, you can find everything on those sites and, um, we, we having fun we're we're changing lives we we creating entrepreneurs in the process. So looking forward
0: to it. So what do people see when they see you? Who do you see when they see you? What lens shares the best photo and insight into your story? Well, I'll tell you this. The only one you have control over is yours. You can only control you and your contributions to your story. Others will see you and they'll create their own narratives, but you can only control what you contribute to that narrative. People will interpret it how they choose, but the camera lens rings true. Continue to push forward. Continue to improve yourself. Continue to seek greatness. Continue to learn whatever you can and impact whoever you can. The world needs you. The world needs your story. So it's time to tell it with everything you've got. Guess who's next? Next, we have the Bryans. (laughs) Brian Dixon, whose mission is to help authors, speakers, and aspiring messengers to create a sustainable business through navigating tech overwhelm, learning to market with confidence, and making money authentically Awesome. And then we've got former Redskin Brian Mitchell with his powerful story of football and the life after. Join us by checking out the show on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Spotify, and more. Share the show with your friends. Leave us a ranking or a rating. This is how we share the love. If you've got a great show idea, do you have a guest you want interviewed Shoot me an email at podcast at robertkennedy3.com. That's podcast at com. Listen, I know that life ain't always easy, and you've got a lot of stuff happening to you. But guess what? Everything that happens to you in life is your stuff. Your stuff is your story, and your story deserves a stage. I'm Robert Kennedy the third, and you've been listening to The RKT Show.